Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Imagine for a moment the fear you would feel if you had to leave the only home you'd known and all of your family at just 15 years old because your life hangs in the balance. This was the harsh reality that faced Pakistani refugee Imtiaz Ali. It has taken seven years, including a journey across the seas in treacherous waters and many months spent in detention centres unsure of his future for Imtiaz Ali to finally become an Australian citizen. In this episode of Streets of Your Town, Imtiaz tells us how his life experiences have shown him that nothing is impossible. MTRs, welcome to the Streets of Your Town podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us. I mean, here we are right here on the, the Brisbane River. We can hear the, the, the cars on the freeway. We can hear all the, the traffic and the buzz of, yeah. of Brisbane. Yeah. This, is, um, this is your home now. It is my home now, yes. Yeah. And tell us a bit of your journey. This is very different to where you grew up, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, everything is different here. Yeah, uh, it's a new world, you know. Did uh, you ever imagine growing up where, where you did that, you could end up somewhere like this as a child? No, no, uh, I never imagined. I, I was thinking, you know, to continue as uh, my parents did, going to the college and university or getting a, a job. But circumstances change, and we never know where we end up, you know. Yeah, so. And you're at the other side of that now here yeah. in Brisbane How, yeah. so where where did you uh, grow up can you tell us a bit of your childhood so I grew up in the um, northwest of Pakistan called Parachinar um, um, our fourth generation born in that hometown so yeah you showed me a little bit of um, the presentation uh, that you give to school students who are lucky enough to meet you and some of the beautiful photos of your home that you remember from when you were small. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So our home, home is surrounded by a beautiful valley. Uh, we have mountains, you know. Um, in, in summer, it's beautiful weather. In winter, it's snow. So, yeah, I have a lot of memories attached to it. So I'm, I miss my hometown very much, yeah. And fourth generation, so your, your family are very close? Yes, yeah, so culturally we always stay intact. Um, we grow up all together and, um, yeah, and continue to that chain all the way. Yeah. So how have you ended up here in Brisbane from Pakistan, MTS? Yeah, so uh, I came as an asylum seeker and um, in 2013, uh, or 14, sorry, I was granted a protection visa here to stay and yeah today I'm here uh, went to school university why would you leave such a idyllic beautiful place um, sometimes you don't have any choice but mm. to leave and yeah leave all memories behind you know so I left my parents behind back home and I started my journey since age 15. What forced your hand? Because your mum also helped you with that decision, didn't she? That must have been such a difficult decision to make. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine. Yeah, so parents did um, 
sort of decided that it's time to move on and uh, yeah um, a situation got really intense where um, uh, innocent people were being killed for no reason or for practicing their religion or culture um, and uh, this is where some people choose to stay and some people choose to leave and I decided to leave here. Yeah. I mean your life was in danger essentially. Yeah. yeah. Because from there, it was quite a, that was just the beginning of a very long and very uncertain journey, wasn't it? It is, yeah. A lot of ups and downs, you know. Um, every place has its own dangers, you know, ups and downs and uh, challenges. I mean, I'm not saying everything is nice here. There's a lot of challenges too. Um, I've got to overcome it. And these are all obstacles in our lives we get. We have to sort of get through it and make it. You were saying um, with your presentation that you start off by saying it's impossible, that this seems to be the theme through your life. Uh, this is what I thought, um, that uh, I never imagined that I would be going through that journey, you know, getting onto the boat and um, making my way to Christmas Island. And I never imagined it seemed impossible to me. But on the boat where, um, you know, the wild weather get really intense and um, and it happened where our boat capsized you know in Indian Ocean where we lost 90 people in it um, and it and it was again impossible that whether I will survive or not um, you know there was water everywhere so um, I have really um, my faith has changed in the in the word impossible. I, I think I believe that it does it shouldn't exist uh, in my dictionary. It is challenging, yes. Um, it is hard, but it's not impossible. No, yeah. we make our own possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Miracle happens. You never know what lies ahead for you. Um, uh, it's all you know. Um, uh, you have to just be strong and move forward yeah and you were only 15 when you had to make that journey away from your parents that uh, it, I mean it's incredible incredibly brave must have been scary uh, yeah I mean even now I, I get goosebumps all with all these memories um, because uh, the, the this situation sometimes really forces you to make decisions and uh, and then what happened is that in that time you make your mind and where you push your mind to the last and you may and you do things that you've never imagined so in in my situation where i had to sort of um i, w- I had a high hope i i was expecting a lot from myself and i thought i'm not gonna give up i'm not gonna just sit and range about it I'm going to move forward, and this is what I did. Um, yeah, it's hard, but, yeah, it's not impossible. And you made your way through Indonesia? So um, from Malaysia to Indonesia? Malaysia, mm. and then um, after that, Indonesia. So mm. in Indonesia, spent a month in one of those apartments, you know, um, with the rest of the people, where we were 22 people in that apartment. Uh, we were not allowed to go outside the apartment, no, um, because we had no legal documents in Indonesia. So, yeah, we were sort of hiding there when we got a word that, OK, now it's time to um, jump into the boat and make our way to Christmas Island. Yeah. 
must have been hard for you to know even who to trust in that situation. I can't imagine. You can, yeah, you can only trust yourself and have faith um, and the decision that you're making. Yes, you never know who's your friend and who's your enemy on this journey. So uh, you have to be very conscious around you. So you were on this boat and as you mentioned, so many people died. I mean, just to... To think, how were you able to swim, or when you when you started out on this journey, had you no. seen ocean like that before? No, no, I never seen ocean before. So we live in those northwest mountainous area where um, we have rivers, but no ocean. And even um, I didn't know how to swim, how to float. So um, when the boat capsized, I didn't know what I was doing. So um, I was wearing my life jacket, you know, but. One thing I did is I stayed calm, you know, and and I was wearing jeans, <laughs> and I realized that jeans is pulling me into the water. You know, it was getting heavy, and the life jacket was not able to hold me on top of the water. So um, I had to take my jeans off mm-hmm. in the water. So um, yeah, I, I I tell even my friends that even situation is worse. Don't panic. Just take your time. Um, I don't know how it happened. We lost 90 people and I'm survived. I think it, it is a miracle, yes. It's the prayers of parents behind me that they want me to be safe wherever I go. Um, at the same time, uh, it, it, it was a miracle. So I, I can't imagine being in that situation again. So, yeah. And what was it like once you realised you'd made it to Australia? Did you feel welcomed to start with or was it um, more difficult? Yes, yes. Well, as soon as I was on HMS warship uh, on the Australian Navy, um, I was, uh, I hadn't, I realised I don't have my pants on. (laughs) I had my undies on, (laughs) but um, I I saw a officer giving me a blanket and a jacket, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where I brought down. My emotions were everywhere. Um, and we were given water, everything. So I realized that, okay, I've got a second chance now. I'm, I'm survived, you know. Um, I never knew, no one knew that our boat is capsized in the middle of ocean, nowhere, you know. Uh, so we were very happy and thankful. And we, we, uh, I couldn't imagine that I'm survived and I'm rescued. So I had no hope. But... Um, at the same time, I thought something may happen. Something, someone might see us, and this is what happened. Uh, after 16 hours, a flashing um, surveillance planes approaching us, you know. So. And then the boat soon after. And the yeah. yeah. So this is what happened when the um, plane gave our location yeah. to the closest uh, cargo ships, and they approached us and. Um, rescued some of us. Yeah. How'd they get you on the boat? To be honest, it was very quick. Um, uh, when we, when I lost the opportunity to being rescued by a cargo ship because it can't be stopped, and I was still on the hull of the boat, um, the cargo ship was creating huge waves mm. and it was very dangerous. And I saw a person uh, losing. Um, uh, he, he fell off uh, and never seen him again. So. Um, and and because the, it's salt water and you got sore eyes and I was I was trying to 
see who's... And I, I saw a small speedboat approaching us, and I blinked. As soon as I blinked, I see a person right in, next to me with ha- hands raised towards me. And he, he, he rescued me, put me in the uh, speedboat and took us to the uh, HMS uh, warship. I don't know which one was it. Was it so that's Paramata a pretty or good, yes. good first memory, perhaps, of welcome, that, l- yes. that hand coming mm. out to you in the ocean. Yeah, I, I still have it. it. It's very clear in my mind. I still have those memories that I would never forget. And this is where I made my future goals, my commitments. In that moment. In that Mm. moment when, yeah, on the way to Christmas Island, you know, um, at the same time they were pulling the um, recovered bodies, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Yeah, and I I, I was thinking how lucky I am (laughs) to be able to, you know, survive and live. And this is where I made my commitments and uh, goals that, yes, I would... As soon as I'm in Australia, I will continue my studies and uh, yeah, and be something and do something to the community. You know, um, yeah. So uh, I still have those on top of my checklist, those commitments, um, and I work hard towards those goals. Yeah. Mm. We hear a lot of things about Christmas Island. It's in the media a lot. But were you, were you there for for long? Was was it a difficult time there before you were able to come to Brisbane? I spent a month in Christmas Island. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of interviews, yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, a lot of investigations. Especially on your own, being on your own. Yeah, you never know what's happening, you know. Mm. Um, you're just there, you're scared. Okay, what these people are doing with me? Are they going to send me back? Or are they going to put me in the jail? Or mm. What's happening? So you, you're just confused, you're... You're scared, you know, till you slowly, slowly take some time to gain some confidence. Uh, even assisting the authorities, and there's so much questions for them too. Um, so it, it, it's hard. And then once you get used to it, there's a lot of other asylum seekers, and then you and it bec- everyone becomes one family in the detention center. Everyone supporting each other. Um, yeah. It's it, it's a lot of good memories too from yeah, really yeah yeah so that that camaraderie in a, yeah. in LA in that terrible yeah. situation yeah having my first kiwi fruit in Christmas Island yeah um, so when we received our first meal there is a kiwi fruit and, and I'm like what is this thing you know we started the, the taste con- like an explosion in yeah your mouth? it's we were confused you know <laughs> and we started asking questions okay so can what we eat that? this or not <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, a lot of good memories, and of course, um, going through the all those flashbacks of the journey and back home uh, made it very difficult to yeah um, spend time. But we had to overcome those memories. Yeah. And ha- were you able to come straight from Christmas Island to Brisbane, or what happened then? No, no. Um, so we received a notification saying that look. Um, we are uh, allowed to be transferred to mainland um, uh, and that was Melbourne Detention Centre mm-hmm. so they brought us to Melbourne Detention Centre where I spent three months mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was free- from humid, hot weather to freezing cold in Melbourne um, yeah, and it was good uh, detention centre, we spent three months and then after that 
I was allowed to live outside in the community detention where um, I can, I can, we were allowed to go to school and yeah, and, and just enjoy outside life. And that must have been great to start your schooling that you'd had in your mind as something you really wanted yeah, to do yeah. again? These were all positive outcomes, so I was uh, taken to Sydney. Uh, I lived in um, North Kirkhill, a beautiful northern suburbs. Uh, I uh, live yeah, there. What yeah. a small world. Yeah, so I love North Kirkhill. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and um, It is. Mm. It's right there with the beach. Exactly. So a bit, a bit of a friendlier, a nicer place to see the ocean at North Kirkhill it's rather beautiful. than what you'd seen. Yeah, before. so um, I spent a year there um, uh, and then after that I was granted a protection visa. Um, and I chose to. Uh, I was given options where I want to move. Yeah. Um, so I chose Brisbane. Uh, I can't, and I, I'm very happy with my decision. So um, yeah, I started uh, from. Uh, I started my school at Yeronga State High School. Graduated uh, in 2015. Oh, well done. So yeah. What do you want to do um, uh, yeah. when, with? Now that you've finished school, and what's the next step? A next step is to um, start my law degree. Oh, yeah. So great. I want to be a lawyer, and uh, yeah, uh, th- this is where I found that because being so much, uh, spending so much time in the system, you know, having to claim protection visa and going through so much paperwork, so much, yeah. Um, so, and I. And there's a lot of other um, things too that is have motivated me to study law. Um, is that I need? I, I think that community needs a lot of legal representation. Sometimes, you know, I do have some of my own opinion regarding that. So I want to be a lawyer and help vulnerable, you know, and represent those who cannot speak for themselves, you know, within the community. Um, my main aim is to um, speak for people uh, who are uh, f- victims of forced labor, uh, ex- forced, um, uh, who's been exploited, you know, and um, a lot of um, people who want to settle in and help them with their um, legal journey, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I've had the opportunity to work with community members um, who are impacted by budget cuts and they can no longer get assistance from legal um, advisors because they're no longer there. So they are carrying all these bunch of papers. They have no idea how to fill them. So, um, and I, I came across those cases a lot where I think that people need a lot of help in those times, yeah. And of course, we've, um, we've met at a really celebratory time for you too, MTS. Yeah, yeah. So, um, January 26th, I got my citizenship. Um, on Australia Day. On Australia Day. Um, it was a very <laughs> emotional day for me. Um, um, I was happy, yes, at the same time. Um, when I was reading the oath, uh, um, Australian oath, in order to be a Australian citizen, at the same time, all those flashbacks of uh, um, those people whom I lost on the way, they, they wanted to make it home as well. Um, I did kind of felt a bit uh, 
guilty that look I, I won't I was not able to help them when they were drowning and I couldn't help them you know and I'm survived I made it here I'm in my suit you know I'm happy getting my citizenship certificate but at the same time they were right in front of me um, uh, people who are impacted by policy changes you know but they uh, who is not able to work or um, or travel or see and being apart from families for so much long time um, yeah so it was emotional day and at the same time yes happy thankful relieved another chapter of the life um, yeah so I think a lot of burden on my shoulder is now over yeah, so I'm uh, I don't have any more any excuses to say that, look, <laughs> I'm a citizen now, so that's all, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you seen your family since all of this journey? No, no, not, not, uh, it's been seven years, so no, I haven't, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, now I've got my passport, so I'm free man now, I can travel wherever I want, so... Yeah, hopefully in the near future I see them. Um, yeah, but it might need to be somewhere other than home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it depends on the situation. Yeah, so what's yeah. There for me. yeah. Goodness, that must just be incredible to be at that point that you can actually, hopefully, see your mum and your dad again. After a very long time, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, so I've brothers, got, sisters. I've got younger brother, so mm. yeah, they're all very excited to see me in the near future. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the congratulations. I just yeah, think what a fantastic time to be meeting up for streets of your town just at the beginning of another journey, really. Yeah. Thanks for ours, having me. It? Yes, uh, I look forward for the future challenges and um, the, some of the excitements, what uh, future brings for me. And um, I look forward to it very much. You yeah. mentioned before how you, um, a big part of your motivation I suppose is that yes these things have happened but they don't have to define you could you explain that for us yes yes so I mean it's a sad story we have lost people in it it's a sad story for me it's part of my life but I think that it should not define my future I should not I should use it as a tool to raise awareness um to the mainstream community, to the mainstream Australians, to say that, look, um, people come here in a desperate situation. They have hope. Um, They've got family members who, who have a lot of expectations from those individuals who seek asylum here. They go through a lot of bad time. Um, a lot of... Uh, what I would say is that people from my boat, that we've lost people, and those people who made it to Australia, um, I got my citizenship. Um, a lot of my other boatmates who are still on protection visa, they're waiting for their citizenship so many or for their outcomes. But at the same time, a lot of them are impacted by policy changes where um, they are... They are um, declared to be refugees but they're not able to settle in here they live here but they they don't have access to anything um, and they were told they are 
told that they will not, never be able to settle in here unless they make a decision. So, um, and and they are still a lot of them are ended up in 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 mental hospitals. Some of them turn towards drugs, alcohol, you know, to help, um, to, to help cope with all this stress and trauma. Um, and uh, the consequences is that they're being arrested and subjected to the code of conduct and saying that, you know, you're not following the law, you broke the law, it's time for you to leave. So, uh, yeah, it, the policy changes, everything impacts people. And what I want to raise awareness is that is is in my religion it teaches that if you save one life if it means that you've saved the whole humanity so uh, a policy changes like shooting somebody on the head you know saying that okay you can you're living but we're not going to let you live peacefully you know because you've committed a sign under uh, United Nations refugee convention that you came here by boat illegally, which is on the papers. It's not, you know. Um, and I want to tell Australians that uh, we can, we've done. There's a lot of good people that I've met. Um, that who, who wants to help? Who wants to look after these people? Who want? Can, but we can be better, you know. Um, our government side, you know, we have the choice who want, we want to be, put them in power, who, you know, and, and they can represent Australians and they can make a decision on behalf of Australians. So um, I think it's time for us to let people know what is the reality rather than we see the cherry picked news on, on the news channels, you yes. know. So um, it, I, I think the best, the best thing is to, Go out and meet people. Go out and meet a refugee or asylum seeker and have a chat with them. Go out of your normal circle. Circle, mm-hmm. rather than working her, walking, the, driving to the to house, you yeah, know, and you're and listening from, to a, from work. <laughs> and listening to a radio that which is not in your control. Yes. And you you listen to it and you're wired to it. <laughs> so I, I think it's it's to just go out and meet people. And, Well, it's been wonderful to meet you today, MTRs, and thank you for showing us that, yes, we have the power to create our best selves, I suppose, really. Absolutely. Mm. I I mean, I I have a power to be here, um, is to learn the language, the culture, get a job, study, you know. Uh, and uh, yes, a lot of assistance from the community members, from people. I would really want to name them, but uh, <laughs> there's so many. There's so many mm-hmm. uh, angels, you know, who yeah. wants to help. There are angels amongst us. Exactly, but uh, we we can be better. We can do it. There's no such thing as the word impossible. You know, as the word impossible itself says that I am possible. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, that's a wonderful way to finish. Thank you, MGAs, and good luck with pursuing your legal studies. I hope that uh, something falls into place for you with that soon. Thank you very much. Uh, It's wonderful talking to you.
Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time.